If you'd stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. Holy gospel according to Matthew the fifth. Jesus said to the disciples, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go first. Be reconciled to your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're on your way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you'll be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you'll never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you should not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who, calls, who divorces his wife, except on, for on ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard it heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it's the throne of God, or by earth, for it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, Yes or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good morning. How are you? I like that. That's good. I really enjoyed the music this morning. Thank you so much. I've got two questions for you today. Some of you who have done First Communion might know the answer to this. What's grace? You don't have to hit it right on the head either. It's been so long. Ages. That's okay. I'll give you some grace. Say it again. Kind of like peace? Yeah. They're related. Grace is something really, really, really good 
that you don't deserve, right? Remember, I told that story about working at Pizza Hut. Yeah. Oh, my glory days, right? I told that story about working at Pizza Hut three or four times. And then at the end of it, they tipped me. They gave me money. For I didn't try very well, did I? <laughs> I messed it up. But it was something really, really, really good that I don't deserve. Grace is like that. Grace is really, really, really good gifts from God that we don't deserve, but we get anyways. What's a rule or a law? Can you tell me what that is? Yeah. Something you can't do? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They're the ways you're supposed to behave or the things you're not supposed to do, right? So they outline what good behavior looks like. These two things, grace and rules, are what we're talking about today. Grace is something really, really, really good. You don't deserve it all, but you get it anyways. Rules are how you're supposed to act, right? I've got a question for you. Are you allowed to get up and wander wherever you want during church? No. I just saw a bunch of you wandering wherever you wanted. You were supposed to do That's right. I was told. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm supposed to do that. That's right. Now, when I arrive at church, are people always going to give me a card and some candy? No. But it's pretty gracious that you did for so many people today, right? That yeah, was really, really, really good. And we didn't deserve it, did we? We have rules at church. And we have grace at church. And we understand those things to weave just like this. If you only paid attention to the rules, we wouldn't walk around handing out candy, would we? And I'd hate to miss out on that. And we, if we only paid attention to grace, then sometimes we'd forget to sit down and listen and sing and pray. We need both, don't we? They overlap really, really well. And they help us to know that Sometimes we need to pay attention and sometimes we need to get up and pass out candy. There's a time for everything. In our lesson today, Jesus is talking about the big, huge things that people of all ages might deal with. And he's talking about them inside rules and inside grace. And I want us to remember that God always brings the two together. They actually help each other. The rules help us to understand what good behavior might look like. And grace helps us understand that sometimes we need to just do a little bit different right now so that we can have good things together. They go hand in hand. Does that make sense? Yeah. This week, I want you to follow the rules. <laughs> but I also, but I also want you to have grace with one another. If you see somebody not quite acting the way they should, or 
if giving something good might be being just a little bit outside the rules, go for that too. Follow the rules and have grace. Okay? Let's say a prayer. Dear God, you are gracious. You show us grace every single day. You love us deeply. And you share with us rules, ways that we are to live and to act and to behave. Help us to carry both of these things with us wherever we go. Help us to follow rules. Help us to give grace and help us to see your love in both. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for everybody. Can you go back to your seats? In the name of Jesus, amen. This part of the Sermon on the Mount is intention. It's intention with the first part of the Sermon on the Mount and the latter part that completes this section of that sermon. In the beginning, we had blesseds, blesseds over and over and over again for all the vulnerable ones that were around at that time. Blessed for all the ones who might not have fit exactly into the laws and purity regulations of the time, but nonetheless, God shows love for them and for us. This is a wellspring of grace upon grace, love in a deep and everlasting foundation. It is a place to dwell. As Jesus announces blessed over each one of us. We haven't gotten to it yet, but we are leading up to a point of talking about love for your enemies and praying for those who persecute you. And it's going to capstone here in the Gospel of Matthew with a phrase that kind of grates on us. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I don't know about you, but I grew up hearing repeatedly that no one's perfect. And here the God of is saying, be perfect. The height of grace and the height of law sit on either side of these lessons that we have in front of us today. And as they do, if we read them in a certain way, they can seem like they pull at one another, in tension with one another, almost not letting the other do its job. As we read here today, I wish we could have just stayed with the echoes of a wonderful children's choir that tell, told us about sharing the love with everyone. But instead, what we were greeted with is talk about murder and anger adultery and divorce, yes and yes, no and no. And inside this, we can feel inside of ourselves this tension rise already. 
We understand the messiness of the world and how any one of these can bring up inside of us the struggle that it is to make any one of these ends meet. If I am to believe the law of these things, then just yesterday, I confess to you that I use my words in a time of weakness, in anger towards someone. In the law of this gospel, I am liable to the fire of hell. That's the truth of it. Just yesterday, I caused another one and myself to stumble with the actions of my hands and my feet or the inactions of my hands and my feet. I am liable once again. I don't know a day too often where I don't stumble in some way. Sometimes my yes doesn't mean yes in the way that it should, or my no doesn't mean no in the way that it should. Sometimes I have a hard time keeping my promises. Sometimes I have a hard time being true to my word. My brokenness is evident throughout my life. And if I only pay attention to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, then I only hear that I am not. If I listen to the blessed, then I am aware of how God moves toward my brokenness. Incomplete. Even as I stand imperfect, God moves towards my brokenness, heals me again and again, and sets me on a new path of life day after day, my whole life long. I am a claimed and loved child of God through no right of my own, and in grace upon grace, I am given infinite chances in this world. At the same time, if there is not a law, if there is not a word of God that asks me to reach for the heights of heaven, with my yeses and my noes, that ask me to reach for the heights of heaven with what comes out of my lips in anger, to reach for the heights of heaven with how I act in this world, I know myself, I'll stop reaching. I will. There's too much to do in this world for me to spend my time in frivolous pursuits of archetypes, if the God of heaven and earth isn't asking me to reach for the heights of heaven, I might not. And so law and grace come together in tension with one another. But sometimes tension is exactly... In your Apple Music Library, you can ask me to play a radio station. <laughs> like the whole sermon was on my watch so far. I'm like, how? There we go. 
Well, that's exactly what I'm thinking. We can sit in the heaviness of it, and then sometimes what breaks forward in our lives is just grace. And we're given the ability to stand again. This could have been a sermon that got real heavy and just never really got up. But then there's a little bit of grace for us, right? I think grace has a way of breaking into our lives, allowing us to reach forward again. And grace has a way of breaking into our lives, allowing us to laugh each other into the next moment. Grace has a way of breaking into our lives and helping us keep pursuing the heights of heaven without feeling like failures every step of the way. There's really, really good things that I can't quite articulate, but I know I need in my life about grace. Every single one of the passages here today, I know have sat on our hearts in a heavy way at one point or another. They have been laws, unflinching, unbending, ungracious. The law is necessary for us to reach to the heights of heaven, but it is not meant to squash us to the point where we don't live life and we don't laugh with one another and we don't share grace immediately and fully and wonderfully. The law may not overwhelm grace. And grace may not negate the law, but the two work with one another to create something good and life-giving, pure and holy, like children wandering around to pass out candy, something truly good. So in your life, I want you to look at the places Look at the places where law might be a wonderful calling to reach to the heights of heaven and look at the places where sometimes we've been afraid or ashamed of letting grace in a little bit more. I pray that the same grace you showed me as Apple decided to interrupt the sermon is able to spill over, bubble over into your lives too because you deserve that same grace that same immediate ease of tension, that same immediate qualm, calm in your lives. Grace is for you. Love is for you. Reach to the heights of heaven and grace is for you. Let there not be a law that keeps you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And let there not be a law that we don't try to reach. Thanks be to God for law and grace. Amen.